Welcome back to Tevading Patiently. This is the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our national treasure, Aaron Tevate. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and believe it or not, in just five days, five days, our OG Christian the Composer returns to the stage, starting 2023 out on the highest of notes. For 12 weeks, Aaron reprising his role is just going to be the best of the best. I've heard from so many that they've already made travel plans or have rearranged plans in order to get tickets to see Aaron during this 12-week run. So much to look forward to. The anticipation is real and just keeps building with every passing day. So just for fun with this episode, let's take a brief look back to Aaron and the OG Mulan cast's interviews about the show and some of their favorite moments. It's crazy to think about since we had Aaron on Broadway in Moulin Rouge for such a long run and are now getting him back, but prior to Moulin Rouge, he hadn't been on Broadway since Catch Me If You Can closed in 2011. In a 92Y December interview of 2020, during the Broadway shutdown, Aaron was asked what was it about Moulin Rouge and the role of Christian that drew him in enough to say yes. There's something that was a linchpin that really you said, I just can't turn this down. I've got to come back for this. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'd been kind of looking for the right thing to do at the right. It's such a combination of timing and all these things. And I was, I was you know, working on other things that kind of prevented me from signing on to any long-term commitment for a show. So, but that aside, you know, I heard that they were doing this. I heard that Alex and Sonia and John were attached and I, and I had heard that, you know, Karen was probably going to be Satine. So all of those things were definitely at the top of my list of saying like, okay, I need to go in for this. I need to audition. I kind of need to throw my hat in this ring. And so it was just one of those perfect things that I'd been looking for something that was going to be challenging and different. And this just seemed like it had all of the right elements to be, um, you, I mean, you never know, right? I mean, especially with commercial musical theater, you have absolutely no idea what, what's yeah. going to be, what's going to work, what's going to be good. Something could be good and then not find an audience. So it's just, you never know, but this thing just had all, all these boxes were checked when I'd heard about it, about a project that could be really special with the people that were involved. Um, and then, so I just, yeah, I just kind of, went for it. And then this has all happened since, which is kind of astounding and incredible. I agree with Aaron that Moulin Rouge has continued to be the spectacular phenomenon that checks all the boxes every time. There's no way that all of the amazing humans involved in the creation and production of this show could have ever anticipated that it would turn into what it has today. I mean, maybe they had an idea. Like Aaron said, he knew he had to throw his hat in the ring when he heard about who was involved in the show. But 10 Tonys spreading globally to be a success, still continuously selling out, it's mind-blowing what this show has done and how it and its cast has impacted so many lives all around the world. One area that I love hearing Aaron talk about in interviews about Moulin Rouge is Christian's backstory. As an audience member, you don't really think about how a new musical production just has so many decisions that have to be made about who the characters actually are, their interests, desires, behaviors. Yet there was the Moulin Rouge movie to go off of, but the Broadway production wanted to find ways to put its own spin on the characters. And I love that they went back and forth between whether or not the character of Christian should have a dark past. 
but I do love how they settled on the naive, earnest version that Aaron got to portray and make us fall in love with. He spoke more about this backstory in the same 92Y interview. I think in terms of the story and Christian's function in the story, I think it's uh, probably, yeah, it's probably the most close to the film version. Um, I was always, I was fascinated from day one about the fact that he was American and what that difference means in terms of being somebody, you know, coming from London to Paris, from London, being an artist in London, going to Bohemian Paris in 1899 is definitely one thing, but being someone from Lima, Ohio in 1899, United States, what that means for somebody to find themselves, you know, this, he's this person from Lima, Ohio in the middle of the country and like a time of like industrial revolution, manifest destiny, Americans can do anything, but no one, no one cared about the arts, no one cared, you know, that was just not on the table. So to have this kind of bleeding heart inside and then, you know, I thought maybe he went to New York first and it didn't work in New York. And then maybe he saved up all of his money and got on a ship and went to London. And then it, that wasn't it either. And then maybe, you know, this is something John and I talked about. Maybe he scrounged together some money for something he wrote and got on a ship to Paris and it was his last hope. And then all of a sudden he gets there and the day he arrives in Paris, he meets Toulouse and Santiago and finally sees people. It's almost like if, if he had this idea that this world existed, but didn't almost mm -hmm. didn't believe it and then finally lands here. And so that, I, I just thought that was really interesting to me um, to think about with the character. So I have to admit, I only recently watched the Moulin Rouge movie. I honestly was hesitant to watch it because I'm so in love with the Broadway production, but I mean, of course, I was drawn right in and fell in love with it. It's definitely a visual representation of everything that Baz Luhrmann stands for, and I loved hearing all of the songs that were able to be pulled from the movie and put into the Broadway production. And Christian and Satine, Ewan and Aaron both brought such different traits to the character of Christian. There's definitely a huge difference between film acting and theater acting, but I think that's what makes each role so special in their own way. But anyway... I digress. In the interview with Stephen Colbert, he had asked Aaron and Karen what their thoughts were when they found out that the movie was being adapted to the stage, and Karen said her reaction was, quote, it's about time. In a Broadway show interview, Aaron and Karen spoke about what it's like being part of the production of something like Moulin Rouge from the beginning. It's, it's incredible, you know, when you get to originate roles like this and be a part of something from the ground up, especially something as extreme and incredible as this, um, it's, it's tremendously rewarding to get to be a part of that process the whole time and watch it kind of the seeds of it at the beginning and then to see kind of how it's grown into this, this Broadway space. It's no secret that Aaron gives his all in every single thing that he does. He has claimed multiple times that he likes to go big or go home in his auditions. And he said he knows that that'll lead him to either totally crush it or he'll just crash and burn. In 2019, Aaron, Jackie Arnold, Jay Mattis, and Tam Mutu sat down for a live Q&A with Facebook celebrities and someone asked them what song they sang for their auditions. And here's Aaron's story. I sang the aforementioned Uptown Funk. Oh, you did? Uh, ah. Yep. And I sang uh, Rest in Peace, No Longer on Our Show, uh, All These Things I've Done, the killer song. Wow. Uh, yeah. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Yeah, that I one. That yep. Song. And quick, quick story, just because this is what an idiot I am. I went in, and then I, for the callback, I had like a little bit of a uh, work session with 
with Alex and with Justin. And the way Justin described Uptown Funk to me and Alex, actually, they said it was like as if I was kind of thrown in, thrown in, you know, thrown into the water of this club and didn't know what I was doing. So for my final callback, I went in the room and I said, okay, you want to start with Uptown Funk? They said, great. And I said, okay, um, would you start playing, please, the piano player? And he started playing and I left the room. And then I literally threw myself through the door and fell into the <laughs> room and started singing. <laughs> and that's the kind of idiot that I am. That's great. As with anything Aaron does, I wish there was video footage of his audition. I mean, I can imagine it in my mind, but I would love to see him actually fly into the room and then burst into singing Uptown Funk. It had to be a sight. Another question asked Aaron what it was like being launched across the stage every night. And of course, he has a go big or go home story to tell about that one too. Aaron, what is it like being launched across the stage in Bad Romance? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, I feel like I'm flying um, like a bird in the night. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, looks like that too. No, no, it's, it's... great. It's uh, it's something that they put in uh, in the lab, and they asked me if I want to do it, and I I basically want to do anything um, that's dangerous. And uh, I've been trying to right, see right. if we can get like a twist into it, but they're not really a twist. Yeah, I'm yeah. I kind of want to I want to go back. And, like, and then like twist, absolutely like corkscrew not. through. Oh, like a corkscrew. Yeah, right? I mean, that would be really cool. Be awesome, Our right? hearts can't take it. Because we <laughs> watch it every night. <laughs> and we know. Yeah. That, that's a no. And I guess we've done between Boston and here, like, almost 90 performances so far. And there's only been one that was really um, uh, not so good. And I, I felt really bad because I basically hit, um, I hit Fred like a coming through the air like a like a strong safety hitting a receiver off the off off a cross in a football game but we felt really really bad about that but it's been pretty good so knock on wood it'll continue Jackie said that initially they didn't realize that it was going to be Aaron who was the one launched across the stage they said when they tested out the move to see if it would actually work they had a dancer do it so of course it looked great and then when Jackie and they all realized that it was actually going to be Aaron doing it they were a hard no Jackie actually says in the Q&A, he can't do that. He's important. I mean, that is a crazy feat, launching a full-grown man into the air. And that's a lot of trust for Aaron to place on those who launch him and those to catch him. But I mean, it pays off and it's amazing to witness every single time. Then the group was asked if they could play another character in the show, who would they play? If you could play any character aside from your own, regardless of gender, who would you choose? The Duke. Oh, in the yeah. show? I'd be the Duke. Oh, yeah. You'd be a great Duke. Man, tell me about She'd it. She'd kill it. The Duchess? Come on. The Duchess? The, du the Duchess. The Duchess. I know we talked about this. The Duchess would be the the fierce in that lavender amazing. suit. The Duchess the Monroth. That'd be good. Yeah. Duchess the Monroth. <laughs> I've thought about this, guys. Um, I don't know. Pass for now. <laughs> Pass for now. Um. I think I would like to play Santiago. Ah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Santiago's great. I would make him fall asleep though all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 yeah Sorry, that's a sore subject. Ricky wants to. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> Sorry, I was just, Rex. Uh, yeah, Santiago's pretty good. I think it's funny that Santiago's character falling asleep on stage is a sore subject for Ricky. I know that they did it in the movie, but it would have been too much to be, have been done all the time on stage. Ricky Santiago was perfection. From his gigolo introduction to the backstage romance, he didn't need the narcolepsy. I also think that it would have been interesting to see Aaron's portrayal of the Duke. 
He has said that he likes those darker character roles, and to hear him sing Only Girl in the World, I mean, could you imagine? And finally, the last question from that Q&A worth mentioning is when the cast was asked what was their favorite part of the show, and while all of them immediately responded with backstage romance and the choreography for that, Aaron also said that he loves this moment. Adley, Adley. What's your favorite part of the show and why? Um, my favorite part, there's a moment in the, I, after I kind of walk in in the pre-show and I do a little <sighs> lift the sign, um, I walk to the back of the house and before I go downstairs to meet up with um, Ricky and Saw, I kind of watch the end of the, uh, most of the Lady M's intro every night and it's pretty. Um, really? Sp- I stand in the back. On the at the sound soundboard sound sound booth. No pressure. And watch you guys. It's spectacular every night. It's really. What? And I get to I get to watch the audience, wa- reacting to you guys. That oh yeah. So actually before that, when I step down off the stage and I'm walking back, I get to see all the audience. And every single night there are at least five people like this. <laughs> when the curtains part and you guys are in silhouette, like full Jordan jaw Ford. drop, like. They can't believe what they're watching. And they we watch know this is night. fact because when we do come down. Yeah. They're all still like I posted this favorite part of the show question on my Instagram stories as well, just to hear from some other fans and their favorite moments. And quite a few were for Roxanne, of course, but others included parts of the Elephant Love medley, like when they sang, we could be lovers, and that's a fact, or in act two, when the Duke is critiquing the show and wants to know why Satine wouldn't choose the gangster and Christian shouts, because she doesn't love you. Seriously, that moment is the gasp heard around the world. Someone else shared that they love the real human moments of the show, like when the characters almost break during a scene or react to something that happens in the audience. This actually happened the first time that I saw the show. When Aaron came out to monologue at the start of Act 2, someone sneezed, and just mid-monologue, he said, Bless you. The audience started to slightly laugh, and Aaron just paused and motioned with his hands to go ahead and laugh. So that was a fun moment to share. For me, I mean, as we all are, I'm obsessed with the entire show. But let's just say I had to pick top five moments. Here's what I would pick. Aaron's opening the show and walking across the stage to lift the sign. The first interaction between Christian and Satine in The Elephant when Christian is talking about being nervous to perform his song, and Satine thinks he's nervous about, you know, just the facial expressions both of them share on stage during that scene, it just adds so much comedy and a funny element to it. Backstage romance when Aaron does his backflip and then flies through the air. In Chandelier when Aaron bursts into song with the I'm holding on for dear life. And then, of course... Roxanne, in its entirety. It's not fair to limit myself or any of us to choosing just five moments, but for the sake of the podcast, I did it. It's happening, guys. Five more days to kick off the most epic 12 weeks. I really don't think any of us thought this was going to happen and that our national treasure would be back to reprise his Tony Award-winning role, but buckle up. It's going to be a ride. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to follow me on Instagram at tevating underscore patiently for more fun Aaron content and on TikTok 
activating patiently, no underscore. Hope to have you back here for episode 29.